0: Celebration Church, let's all stand together as our campus is joined via the video signal this morning over in Stevens Point and Appleton. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Amen. You may be seated. Good to see you all this morning and uh, as well as our groups over in Appleton and Stevens Point. Good morning to all of you. Uh, As you saw in the opening there, our uh, promo coming up for the uh, Widener event that uh, we do here in Green Bay where we shut down all the services at all our campuses and we all meet over here. The longest journeys for all all of you in Stevens Point. God bless you for coming all that way. I know it's the hardest for you, but uh, we'll make it a lot of fun. It, you will enjoy it. It's so great to see everybody. What's wonderful is to see everybody in all one service, everybody from Appleton as well, and our Latino campuses, and the multiple services here, all in one big service. The reason we do it there is because we don't have a building anywhere big enough to do it, so we rent the Widener once a year, usually the first uh, Sunday in uh, November, and, uh, and we have this great big fun Celebration, So make sure that you plan for it. If you come to any of our campuses on November 1st, nobody will be there. All right? So remember, keep that in mind. All right? Um, and then and next Sunday, you know, we've got Halloween coming up. And uh, next Sunday, I'm going to do a sermon entitled Ghost, Goblins, and God. And uh, talking about demons and the role that satanic things can play in the lives of believers. And, uh, and what the stuff you need to be concerned about, how to walk in victory over it, and the things you don't need to be afraid of. Uh, and we'll go through that. So uh, anybody who's struggling with any of that, come next Sunday as we talk about that. Now, last Sunday, we finished up a two-part message about uh, what I called unconditional love, this idea that, uh, you know, it sounds so wonderful and warm and fuzzy. And I know what people are trying to say when they say God loves us unconditionally is that he loves us no matter what. And that's fine. Say that. Don't add the word unconditional because it gives a bad picture. It gives the sense that God requires nothing from anyone. And that is not the case. If there were no conditions, nothing that we needed to strive for in our lives, the Bible would be a very short book. All right? Be more like a postcard. I love you, sign God. You know, that would be it. But as it is, we have the Bible. Why? Because these are the conditions. These are the rules. This is how you do the walk of faith. And uh, I I was reading, uh, actually, we kind of went through Genesis to Revelation, just splattered all the way through the Bible, pointing out all the times that there's very strict and specific conditions. Simple, but you need to meet these conditions. One of them that I talked about was they came to this area of answers in prayer where Jesus said, uh, if you... Uh, believe, you will receive what you ask for in prayer. So the promise is you'll receive. The condition is you have to believe. And then I just touched on a real simple part of what it means to believe. And I said, you got to be able to be able to picture in your heart and be able to see your answer before you get it. If you don't see it on the inside, you'll never see it on the outside. And I was surprised how many people had questions about that afterwards and how uh, they struggled with it. And I thought, okay, let's... Uh, Let's talk about this this Sunday and kind of wrap this in. Um, Now, Jesus said in uh, Mark, the 11th chapter, he says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, think that out. Look at the tense. Not that you're going to get it, but believe that you have already gotten it. Now, people say, What in the world does that mean? What he's talking about is this idea of seeing it in here before you ever see it here. And again, if you can't see it on the inside, you will never see it on the outside. And I challenge people, man, you need to be able to see and imagine what it is that you're praying for. And I am stunned. It never ceases to amaze me. Uh, Even in our own wonderful church (laughs) here in Wisconsin and as I travel around the world, how many times people will come up and they're asking you to pray for something, and if I ask the question, let me ask the question. Can you imagine your answer? And the vast majority of time, people say to me, no, I can't even imagine it. Well, you have to understand, that's a problem, okay? It's called unbelief. You have to be able to see it first. And then they never, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't understand. Why do you, Really? Let's back off and look at this from the negative. Because oftentimes to understand the positive things about truth, you have to look at it from the negative because we're experts in negative. The very thing that I'm talking about, you all are experts at. We're all experts at it. It's called fear and worry. What happens when you fear something or you have worry about something? You literally visualize it. You see it coming. You can imagine, it's going to be horrible. You get this little movie in your head, you become Cecil B. DeMille and you create this movie and you look at it and say, oh, that's that's not bad enough. And you go back and you make it even worse. And you rehearse it over and over again and you lay in bed and you can't sleep at night because you keep playing the movie Over over and over and over. And it literally begins to affect you physically. Your heart begins to race. Your nerves become fried. Your stomach fills up. You just feel awful. It literally is physically affecting you because you are believing something that has not happened yet. Don't tell me you can't do this. You do it all the time. It's called fear and worry. What I'm telling you is you need to do the opposite. You need to stop playing the bad movie and start creating a good movie where you can start to actually picture your answer and imagine your answer. And just like you do with fear, and some of you have PhDs in fear. You need to start practicing this. If you're dealing with something in your life right now, today you do it. When you go to bed, you lay down, I want you to picture your answer. You're getting the answer. And imagine what it's going to be like when you get that answer. And you roll that. No, 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 cut, cut, cut. It's going to even be better than I thought. And then you just roll it again. And you roll it again. I promise you, it'll start to affect you physically. Your pulse will relax the tension in your brain will start to peel away. You'll start to feel better. It's called quieting the fear. And then it puts you in a place where you can now start to have faith. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, not talking some new age dooty doo-doo dooty dooty doo-doo weirdo thing where if you just visualize it, it'll happen because you use the power of thought to draw good things to you in the universe. I'm not talking about that. This doesn't draw anything. All it does is it quiets the fear. Because if you can't get the fear quiet, you cannot get to a place of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith, and it cancels out faith. Listen, it doesn't take a whole lot of faith in terms of quantity. It's about the quality. Jesus said, if you can have faith the size of a mustard seed, what is he trying to tell you? He says, no, you don't need tons of this stuff. You just need to have the real deal. And if you're in a place where you are so afraid that you can't function, you're in a place you can't even imagine the answer to your prayer, you are in a bad place. And that little mustard seed ain't jack squat. All right, you're not going to be able to experience it. Listen, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And listen, if crying and panicking and freaking out were the key to prayers, we'd all see miracles, right? You see people everywhere just seeing miracles because they cry. (laughs) And here's the thing. When most people come to me and anybody for prayer, the first thing we can sense in you is fear. We don't deal with it enough, quite frankly. Oftentimes, I think we pray too quick, Pastor, for people. I, th- I think we just, someone, oh, the doctor says I, I might have cancer. And I don't know, I got a zit and it might be, you know, melanoma. And I got, this, 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 oh, you pray for me. And it's all we can see all you are is freaked out. And then right away, we start praying for you. And I think just, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, we need to take your problem and put it in a box. Just set it aside. You can go back and get it later. It'll be there. Your problem isn't that thing that you're afraid of. Your problem is you're afraid. Are you hearing me? It's not that well, you're thinking, "Well, well if God'll just take that away, then I won't be afraid." Well, well yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. What you have to do first is get rid of the fear. I'm t- Look, you can be freed, afraid, and freaked out if you want. We'll cry and pray for you and have a nice funeral when you die. All right, I'll even sing a song, bobble we'll dance, you know, whatever it takes. But you want things to change. And you can't do it without faith. Well, pastor, I have faith. I just can't imagine it. Well, then you don't have faith. That's the telltale sign. Well, you can't even picture it in your head. You've got to, listen. This idea of being able to see things before they happen is a powerful, not only in faith, but in life itself. You know, they teach athletes to do this. To visualize things happening, they practice and practice, and then even in this spirit, they're supposed to just keep imagining it, and seeing it over and over again, because it just kind of wires you for that kind of stuff. And again, physically, it helps, and mentally prepares you. The most successful people in the world are people who saw it in here before they ever saw it here. You think successful people just one day, all of a sudden went, well, look at that. I don't think that ever happened. Man, they were picturing this thing sometimes for years and years and years and years, imagining, seeing where they were going to be someday. And they kept working at it and working at that vision. We talk about vision, it drives people. Some of the greatest leaders in the world are people who have great vision. They are people who can see something before it exists and they can clearly articulate where they want to get. This is the kind of world I'm seeing. We can make this happen. And then you go for it. But you can't do it if you don't have vision. Some people, you got nothing. Your vision thing is like zilch. All right? Your fear movies, you got a lot of those. Those are great. But when you go to the visions, you know, you're selecting the movies in your head, and you look for vision, there's nothing there. Now, sometimes that's a result of just life pounding the dickens out of you. A lot of it comes from our parents, quite frankly. It's just sad. I mean, some of you, I know you grew up in homes with your parents, your grandparents, your uncles, everybody, they were so defeated all their lives, they tried to teach you how to be defeated. You, know, you can't do nothing. You'll never be a nothing. You'll never accomplish nothing. You just gotta just be, you know, just, just get out there and work for, you know, minimum wage, and then someday you'll get Social Security and die. That's about as much encouragement and vision they ever have. And you struggle with that. Some of you guys, to this day, when you struggle, all you hear is the people in your life saying, you're a nobody, you're nothing, you're going to fail. Don't do that to your kids, man. Let them know that anything is possible. That's what Jesus said, to teach the gospel to them. Anything is possible to him who believes. My parents were great with this with us. Now, I had really dysfunctional parents. (laughs) They're not here. They can't hear this anymore. If they're out there listening, sorry, but you were nuts. All right, so... (laughs) <laughs> and people loved them but everybody knew them they knew they were like on another channel okay but if there's one thing my mother got right almost to a fault is she always told us kids you can do anything do you know why because you're a gunger can you do anything yes mama why i'm a gunger and you heard that over and over and over. i tell you, I was like 35 years old before it dawned on me. That don't really mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but even in my greatest struggles in life, I always had the voice of my mother haunting me. You can do anything. And I've always felt so badly for people that no matter how much they succeed, they constantly hear, you're a nothing. It'll never work. It won't pan out. You might as well give up. Man, you need to reprogram that movie in your head. These things are powerful. If you can't see something in the inside, you'll never see it on the outside, even in the natural. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that you're going to, by power of your thinking, make miracles happen. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying you just do that to quiet your fear so you can get to a place of faith. But even in the natural, it's powerful. If you can't imagine something, it's not possible. Now, I saw a, a documentary some years ago. Uh, is this? <laughs> Maybe you can Google this or something to find this thing. It's called How Star Trek Changed the World. And uh, it's an amazing documentary. And they went and started talking to people who had created some of the amazing technologies that we have today and asked them, where did they get the idea for this? And it's stunning how many major simple technologies that we deal with today, those developers said, because we saw it on Star Trek. Because when we saw it there, We could see it in the inside. We knew it had to be possible. It's called vision. One of the most amazing things that some of you geezers my age, you know, we grew up. You know, it's just, you know, one of the most crazy things they did on Star Trek. You can't even imagine. Is walking around and open up a a flip phone and going beam me up, Scotty. You know, because you can't just walk around and talk to people wirelessly. You needed wires. You you guys remember those phones (laughs) with a. 25-foot curly cords. (laughs) Do you remember those? And you'd pull them into different rooms, and and you'd talk, and you're trying to get through, and get through, and then those stupid things would curl all up, and you couldn't get it undone. It was just maddening. Because you had to have cords. But now look at us. Everybody got one of these stupid things. All right? We've even gotten past Star Trek. We don't even have to flip phone anymore. We just... It's there. In fact, I don't even need this anymore. When my phone goes off, up comes on my Apple Watch. I can even answer the call. What do you want? You know, it's Dick Tracy, that kind of thing. Now, all these things. Now, they went and asked these guys, where'd you get the ideas from this? They said, we saw it on Star Trek. And the very thing, when I was growing up, we saw what was science fiction. It could never happen. Everybody has that today. Because once somebody saw it, inside, They knew it was possible it got in their mind. They went out and made it happen. It's stunning. Uh, Simple technologies, like one of the coolest things on Star Trek was could you imagine having a door that when you came to the door, it knew you wanted to get in. And it would just open up. And he'd walk in. (laughs) Remember that? Just it's like, that's impossible! And all of you at the Green Bay campus, when you came in, that's exactly what happened. Zip, you came in and you shut behind you. Every time you go into a grocery store, they asked the guys who created this technology, where did you get this idea? Star Trek. Even MRIs and this kind of technology, they talked to some of the developers that came up with this. Where did you get the idea for this? They said, we, this is the documentary, we saw it on Star Trek. You remember when McCoy would take a little Deely bob? And he'd wave it over the top of people. And you could see what's going on inside. Oh, that's impossible. But wouldn't that be cool? And these guys got this idea. Today we have all this imaging where you can see inside you. You know, we got these ultrasounds. You know, for the babies, you can see them swimming there like little crocodiles. In it. You know, before that, you didn't know what was in there. You just hope a baby came out eventually. all so you... Now they see it all from some, why? Because once you can see it, once you can picture it, it becomes possible. But when you can't picture it, it's just not possible. You can't do great things. You can't have vision. One of the first things you have to do when you come in prayer is you have to, you have to understand fear is your greatest enemy. Absolutely. It is your greatest and It'll suck the life out of you. You have got to calm it down. Listen, we all deal with this stuff. You know, we all have times in our lives when something attacks us and the first response is fear. And it's happened to us on many occasions. You know, uh, my wife going through, you know, cancer and all that stuff and the doctor's giving you all kinds of bad news and stuff. Usually, you know, 24 hours, I'm, I'm pushing through it. But I, I don't focus on, oh, we got to get rid of the cancer. Gotta... The first thing I always focus on, got to get rid of the fear. See, you got to get rid of the fear. You can go back to the box and pull out your little monster later, all right, and deal with it then. But you've got to get rid of the fear. If you can't get rid of the fear, you can't pray effectively. I know a lot of you people think that if you can just get a lot of people praying for you, it will fix things. You have no faith. You are filled with fear. You, so you get on Facebook and get 3,000 people praying for you. You think that's going to change it? It's not, I'm telling you, you have to get rid of the fear. That's not, then if you've got 3,000 people. for Now you've got something. But you've got to get to the place where you can imagine, see it on the inside. Jesus says if you can believe you have received it, you will receive it. Because if you can't see it on the inside, you'll never see it on the outside. Now some fears are bigger than others. You know, some of you are absolutely frozen in fear. Uh, you know, you, you, you might lose your job and it just paralyzes you. You come in fear asking us to pray for you, but you got to get rid of the fear first. Some of you, the doctor told you some weird thing might be happening or some weird thing is happening. You're so fearful. You come in and want us to pray, but the first thing we need to pray for is your fear. It's got to stop. You've got to put that thing back in a box. Otherwise, it'll eat you alive. Because you can get to a place where you're not afraid. Anything becomes possible. And when you can picture your answer. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll always get what you're picturing. Again, this isn't some new age dooly thing. But it's just about the answering or, or, or dealing with the problem of fear. You should be able to picture anything. I could, like I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, if I said, imagine an elephant in pink polka dotted underwear. Everybody here can see it in their heads. But when I say to you, can you imagine your answer to prayer? And you say, I can't. I can't imagine. I'll survive if I lose my job. I got a divorce. My life will never be the same. I can't imagine anybody ever caring for me. Nothing ever worked for me. You're frozen in fear. I'm sick. I can't imagine ever being well again. It's just going to be horrible. You're frozen in fear. You've got to break through that. I say, Pastor, can you guarantee that I'll always get my answer? No, I can't guarantee that. We don't always know why things are the way they are but you still want to be in a place where you're not afraid. You know, it's like, you know, when Deb got sick this last time and they said stage four cancer, that was a scary one. That that took months, months for me. I mean, there were nights we didn't think she was going to make it to the next morning. She was so sick, so bad. And that wall of fear was just screaming, screaming at me. But I knew the focus had to be to quiet that thing down and just keep focusing and then finally just overcome the fear. Well, you're not afraid. You say, Pastor, well, what if you get to a place of faith and you still die? (laughs) Well, that's still a win, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, it's like people, what's the advantage of being scared to death when something bad happens to you? If you're going to die, you ought to die in fear. Really? What's the point of that? All terrorized and freaked out. Ah, just you need to get to a place of faith. And you calm that thing. And we're just praying through and trusting God. And just when you thought God ain't going to answer any more prayers, you still got to get to a place where you know what? It's okay. We're trusting God. Doesn't matter. You have to realize you don't need something before you can be happy. Are you hearing me? If you can't be happy until I get this thing, you're never going to get that thing because God doesn't want you to have that thing. You need to learn to be happy in the first place. You need to be happy in joy even when that thing is screaming at you. You gotta be happy and peaceful even when you can't get what you'd like to get. And when you get that place is when things start turning around. We are to that thing. Man, God is doing great things. And Deb, I mean, here this morning, she's spunkier as ever. And uh, her tumor markers keep dropping and dropping and dropping. They're close to almost normal now. well, what if she dies? Well, I got news for you, we're all going to die. Nobody gets out of here alive. Well, not today. <laughs> it's a cult. I knew it was a cult. No, it's a cult. We're not killing anybody, all right? All right, you can take the communion. It's cool. There's nothing in there. I just mean we don't get out of life alive. Everybody's going to die. Goodness gracious. You just keep walking in faith until finally you check out of this place. But you can still live life and even face death without fear. Fear brings you nothing. There's no advantage to freaking out. And here's the crazy thing about it. Most of the stuff that you picture in your head when you do this in fear never happens anyway. Have you noticed this? Most of the stuff you're afraid of never happens. Most of the people who are afraid of the dark, even adults to this day who are afraid of the dark, to this day, have never seen a boogeyman. (laughs) You know he's there, though. I've seen it. I've seen it. But I still haven't captured it yet. I'm... Some of the stuff that we worry and freak and panic about just never happens. Listen to me. You can lose your job. You're going to be okay. The Bible says I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. God will take care of you. So what if my foot doesn't ever work again? Well, then you'll hobble along praising Jesus. Praise God. I I don't understand the resistance to this. It's almost like we need to fear. If you don't fear, you know. I remember doctors getting mad at us because we weren't afraid. We come and they tell us, you know, everybody's going to die. And we just. (laughs) Probably thought we were really stupid, I suppose. And they'd say, You're not taking this seriously enough. We go, No, we get it. Dead. Why? Because that's, you know, that's a promotion for us. Look, I don't want to die. I don't even like getting my french fries cold, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> I hate being inconvenienced. I get all that. But you don't got to be afraid of stuff. You're so afraid. Well, what if this terrible thing happens? What if that terrible thing happens? Just stop. Most of what you're spending all this energy on happen, doesn't happen anyway. <laughs> Some of you moms, you're just scared to death all the time for the worst possible thing that can happen to your kids at any given moment. So well, I love my kids. Okay, it's good to be cautious and careful, but relax. You know who's the worst at this? New moms. <laughs> <laughs> that kid is driving them insane. But try and get her away from that kid for 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I got to be around it. Really? He's 13, move on. (laughs) Have you noticed, by the way, when you can finally send your kid to someone else's house and you're convinced they burned the place down? You know what I'm saying? And you say, how was he? Oh, he was perfect. No, no, I mean my kid. Right? You notice this? Yeah, it's good for them to get away from you. It's good for you to get away from them once in a while. You don't have to be filled with fear. Some people, man, their kids go somewhere and all they do is picture them crashing and dying and bleeding to death on the side of the road. Man, some of you play the most horrible movies in your head over and over and over and over, and no wonder you're a wreck. (laughs) Stop. Now, listen, some fear is good, you know, like when you're flying, you shouldn't open the door. You know, that's, that's, that's a good fear. You know, you shouldn't run out in the street. There's, there's some good stuff. But this other irrational, nonsensical fears. Well, it could happen. I know anything could happen, but have a little faith. You want everything in your life being driven by fear and paranoia and stuff like that. How do you get rid of the faith, the fear? Number one, stop picturing the bad. Number two, do the opposite. Start picturing your answer. All it will do is it will shut down your fear. It feels good. It does. You ought to try it tonight. This afternoon. Imagine whatever horrible thing that is just awful in your life and imagine it being well. And getting the answer. And what it's going to be like to get the answer. And what it's going to feel like to get the answer. And how good it's going to be when you got that answer. And how happy. I'm Until you, you just play this game, and you'll just start feeling good. You'll forget you were afraid. And then the difference is now you can pray. Now you can trust God because now you got a good seed. Now you can trust God. doesn't mean it's going to happen however you thought about it. And who knows what kind of answer you'll get. But you get to the place where you can start trusting God. Stop picturing the bad. Start picturing your answer. Because Jesus said, if you can't see it on the inside, you'll never see it on the outside. There's millions of people who are really convinced, man, if if God would just do more miracles, people could see the miracles, right? But that doesn't necessarily do anything. You know how many people saw Jesus do miracles and didn't believe at all? He would raise people from the dead and they still wouldn't believe it. The children of Israel coming out and they're seeing miracles like you and I pay big money to go see on the movies. And they still didn't believe. Apparently seeing here doesn't make you believe. Even if you can see it first, it's crazy, isn't it? You gotta, if you're gonna walk in faith, you gotta see all of it's here. All of us here listening to me, Stephen and Appleton, none of us have seen Jesus. Well, maybe point, they're closer to heaven. It's a way of it. Isn't it amazing? None of us have seen Jesus, but let we believe. It's called faith. But yet you know that you know that you know. Because you've experienced it all here, and it's so real. It's a wonderful, powerful thing, and it's a joyful thing. Man, just enjoy this journey of faith. I remember some years ago, we were trying to sell some stupid house. Stupid house wouldn't sell. I just got into a place where I was just chasing after God. And I was having so much fun just trusting God. I was praying everywhere. And everywhere I'd go, I'd pray, Lord, sell our house. And I'd see people praying over here. I'd say, I'm going to pray with you too. And Lord, sell my house. And I'd eat food. God, thank you for this food. And God, sell my house. Man, I was jumping on every prayer I could. God couldn't get anything around here without hearing me jumping on top. God, sell my house. And I was having a blast with it. I wasn't crying for you. I'm having fun. I'm torturing God. (laughs) Eric, sell my house, sell my house, sell my house. I had a blast. Finally, the realtor calls us, guess what? They just sold your house, and they gave you more money than you were asking. My immediate response was, no. I'm not making this up. My response was, oh, man. I was having fun. I was having fun chasing after. See, that's what God loves. it's not about the thing. It's about him, the journey, the chase. Don't get freaked out. As I said last week, those who overcome will be with Jesus throughout eternity. But you can't be an overcomer if you don't have something to overcome. It could be divorce. It could be sickness. It could be health. It could be money. It could be who knows what it is. Silence the fear and you'll find that faith will come. And get your head in the Bibles. In your Bibles. Read the Bible. The Bible says faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. That's where you get faith from. Get that into you. And if you'll start doing this, then Jesus' words will start to make sense to you. As I read in the beginning, let's pop it up there, Mark 11. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. Lord, fear is a powerful thing that just robs so many people of a miracle, robs so many people of blessings, just tortures some people because they just keep playing the movies over and over. They torture themselves. Lord, help us to shut those things off. Help us to start playing some faith movies in our heads. Start seeing on the inside God at work in our lives. Start experiencing the joy of our answer before we get our answer because that's where praise comes in. Oh, God, help us get this stuff (laughs) so we can be the kind of people that you can bless. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said Amen. amen. God bless you.